0: Welcome to the QuackCast. This one I think is roughly number 56, plus or minus 2 or 3. Who knows what the real numbering of this podcast is, are. It's so foobar and I don't have the energy to fix it. So we'll call it 56. If you want to call it some other number, feel free. This QuackCast is called SkyMall. A meandering look at aspects of acupuncture by the easily distracted squirrel. The worst part about flying is the takeoff and the landing. Not that I am nervous about those parts of the trip. It is that I am all electronic. Once I have to turn off all my electronic devices, all I am left with is my own thoughts, or what is in the seat pocket in front of me. Since there is nothing to be gained from quiet introspection, I am stuck with either the in-flight magazine or SkyMall. I usually choose the latter. SkyMall, for those of you who do not fly is a collection of catalogs bound in one volume. I have occasionally purchased products found in SkyMall and thumbed through it with mild interest. This time, one product caught my eye. The Aculife Home Acupuncture Acupressure Device. I had never noticed the health-related products in SkyMall before, usually looking for electronic gadgets that I really do not need. I was curious. How many other products besides Aculife are in this catalog? According to the Interrebs, about 100 million Americans fly every year, and boy are their arms tired, and well over half a billion people worldwide. A lot of people can potentially look at SkyMall, including the occasional skeptic. I have written about the many styles of acupuncture in the past. There's hand and foot and tongue and ear and head and Chinese and Japanese, So many meridians and so many acupuncture points. How does the body find room for them all? And which is the true style? A recent systematic review by Korean acupuncturists found that, quote, "...constitutional acupuncture, which is the Korean form, is more effective than standard acupuncture in the treatment of pain conditions." End quote. "...your acupuncture is strong, but now you must die." So I guess I need not use the other acupuncture styles. Even though there is so much simplicity in AccuLife, it's all gauche, er, I mean, in the left hand. According to makers of AcuLife, you can now, quote, help strengthen your health with the latest ancient technology, end quote. Of course I can, and for $199.95 I had better be able to. There is an interesting diagram they produce showing where the acupuncture AccuLife acupoints are. Touch one with the probe and if abnormal flip a switch and give a little electric current to rebalance the key. The points recommended with AccuLife do not, as best I can tell, correspond very well with diagrams on the interwebs for classic forms of hand acupuncture. So we have yet another collection of acupoints and even another style of acupuncture It probably isn't as good as Korean acupuncture. Some points are both odd and worrisome. There is a point for breast tumor, one for high blood pressure, one for chest pain, and one for coffee ground emesis. Coffee ground emesis is what we in the medicine biz refer to when bleeding in the stomach has time to coagulate before vomiting. Stomach acid plus blood equals a gamish that looks like coffee grounds. Except for the time as an intern, I was called to the psych unit to evaluate a patient who had coffee ground emesis, which I eventually determined to be coffee grounds that the patient was eating out of the garbage. These, however, are all serious medical symptoms and are problems that could easily lead to mortality and significant morbidity if someone were to use Aculife to treat, say, their angina or stomach bleeding, or curiously, enteric fever. There is a point on the hand for salmonella typhi, also known as enteric fever or typhoid fever. Why this infection gets its own acupuncture point, since it is rare in the United States and a more common infection like MRSA does not, I cannot elucidate. There are two hearts. Is this for Klingons? A cardiac area, an area for the left and right ventricle and atrium, all of which are separate from chest pain and rapid heartbeat. Gallbladder, gallstone, and inflamed gallbladder are all in different places. Blood sugar and diabetes points are on different parts of the hand, unless I suppose it is diabetes insipidus they are pointing to. It is so confusing. One of the many reasons I am not a surgeon, besides having zero hand-eye coordination, is that I found gross anatomy difficult. Cadaver innards are nothing compared to the anatomy that sits on the left hand of aculife. What, I wonder, sits at the right hand. Fortunately, despite having points for tumor, rapid heartbeat, and bleeding, the device does come with the following, quote, Warning, do not use if pregnant, have a pacemaker, or suffer from malignant tumors, excessive bleeding, or tuberculosis, not to be used by children under the age of three, end quote. An odd collection of contraindications, Tuberculosis? Okay. You can use it for salmonella typhi, but not TB? I wonder why. I can understand a contraindication for pacemakers since the device does apply a current, but TB? It seems so random. I am obviously missing the deeper understanding of disease provided by AccuLife. The advertisement also says FDA approved. Searching the FDA site, it appears that AccuLife has a 510K, which is a long way to run. A 510K evidently means that the FDA has cleared a product for sale, but makes no claim as to efficacy, as I understand the Byzantine language at the FDA. The 510K is used to classify a device's potential safety, but not how safe it actually is. The AcuLife, by the way, is a Class 2 device. Quote, Those devices pose a moderate level of risk to the user, unquote. Probably if you drop it on your foot. According to devicewatch.org, it is evidently not legal to advertise a 501K clear device as FDA approved. If there is more to the AccuLife FDA approval, I cannot find it at the FDA website. The FDA submission available at FDA.gov says that AccuLife is intended for, quote, use in the practice of acupuncture by Qualified practitioners of acupuncture as determined by states, end quote. I guess I therefore cannot or should not purchase the AcuLife since I am not a qualified practitioner. There is a listing of state acupuncture licensure requirements, and most states appear to require a NCCAOM, which I think is a starship designation, examination in acupuncture is a minimum qualification. I wonder if the FDA submissions cover the widespread marketing to anyone who flies in an airplane. The ad says, quote, "Be your own acupuncturist. Diagnose and heal yourself and your family." Unquote. While these are not the requirements for being a qualified acupuncturist in Oregon, but the qualification granted by purchasing AcuLife is probably no worse than the results of real acupuncture training and taking the exam and certainly less expensive. I would personally be willing to grant anyone who uses at AcuLife the title of qualified acupuncture practitioner, regardless of state regulations. I am also king of the moon, and anyone who uses therapeutic moon rays is, as a result, a qualified homeopathic practitioner. Who can gainsay my authority and claim? By the way, there is a homeopathic product that uses moon rays. And it's not the moon that you give someone you don't like. The SkyMall website also gives the best reason yet for using acupuncture. Quote, Otzi, I think that's how you pronounce an O with an umlaut over it. Is it Utsi? I don't speak German. A 5,000-year-old mummy found in the Alps during 1991 has spurred a whole new vigor into modern research of ancient Chinese medical practice of acupuncture. Recent Examinations of the mummy found that Utsi has a number of tattoos that coincide with acupuncture points that would be used to treat various ailments from which he was suffering. Uzi's tattoos, by the way, were not on the patient's hands or the mummy's hands, so how they relate to aculife is uncertain. Quote, Utsi had several carbon tattoos, including groups of short parallel vertical lines to both sides of the lumbar spine, a cruciform mark behind the right knee, and various marks around both ankles. Please, compare the tattoos on the Iceman to any acupuncture map. It would not be hard to find a correspondence between any random tattoo and an acupuncture point. I noted in the shower this morning that some of the freckles of my left arm are close to acupuncture points, and when connected with a Sharpie, closely follow a meridian. Lest you think that these are random melanin spots and that melanin can't, quote, know, unquote, where acupuncture sites are, melanin may be able to sense the power flowing in these meridians like the ley lines in the earth and coalesce to guide future medical interventions. I once had a patient with an Omaya reservoir placed in the scalp so he could receive amphotericin B injected directly into his spinal fluid to treat a fungal meningitis the spot where we had to access the reservoir was right next to a freckle on his scalp. Coincidence? I think not. The tattoos of the mummy were not even points, but lines. As the Otzi site says, quote, The Iceman's body is covered with over 200 tattoos in the form of groups of lines and crosses. Unlike modern tattooing techniques... The tattoos were not produced with needles, but by means of fine incisions into which charcoal were rubbed. Interestingly, Otsi's tattoos are located at points where his body was subjected to considerable strain during his lifetime and probably cost him a lot of pain due to wear. The tattoos were probably intended as therapeutic measures rather than as symbols. Seriously. What part of a Neolithic man is not subjected to considerable strain during his lifetime? Or my body, for that matter? I am not Neolithic. Hell, I'm not even neoconservative. And at 53, I feel more like the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz every day, aching all over. It would not be hard to find a place on my body that hasn't been subjected to wear and tear. Quote, One or several groups of vertical lines are located to the left and right of the spinal column. On the left calf on the left instep, and one the inner and outer ankle joint. Two lines cross at the left wrist. A cross-shaped mark appears on the back of the right knee and beside the left Achilles tendon. The Iceman had therefore undergone pain-relieving treatment on multiple occasions. Astonishingly, the tattooed areas correspond to skin acupuncture lines. Before Otzi, it was thought that this treatment had originated 2,000 years later in Asia. What is astonishing is that this nonsense comes from the museum responsible for the evaluation of Utsi, the Utsi Museum. Some or all of the tats may well have been for medical reasons, but who knows? And for acupuncture? How the hell can they conclude that? Why would they report such speculation as fact, probably in part thanks to the Lancet? which published what has to be the goofiest article ever in a major medical journal. As always, when I make a claim, someone comments with an example of something worse. I wait with breathless anticipation. The Lancet has always had a reputation as a good journal that was always willing to publish results that were a wee bit outside the box. Sometimes that is good and spurs further investigations. But given the ubiquity of acupuncture sites... Anything placed on the skin could be near an acupuncture point. I have on my right palm, about a centimeter down from the webbing between the first and second finger, an inadvertent tattoo. In second grade, I had a piece of pencil lead accidentally jammed into my hand and the point was left behind. It is right at the cough and bronchitis point for Chinese acupuncture, the liver point of Korean acupuncture, and near one of the many cardiac points of aculife. It is the eye point for color puncture and the chest, lung, upper back, or perhaps thymus, depending on which reflexologist you happen to believe. That is one busy piece of carbon deposited at such an energetically active intersection. I wonder what effects it has on my health. And if I were dug up 5,000 years from now, would they see that as an acupuncture point? And how about the tattoos over at the fail blog? God knows what future archaeologists would think of those. So, what was in the Lancet report? Well, they hypothesized that because some of the tattoos on Utsi are simple, linear, geometric shapes and located on less visible parts of the body, they must not be decorative, but of medical significance. Really. They know the mind of a 5,500-year-old corpse. Why are they not religious symbols with no medical significance? Or maybe he was a Neolithic punk. I suppose if he had an ornate tramp stamp, it would be recognized as medical as well. No one ever sees the small of the back, and it could not possibly be ornamental. I see a fair number of handmade tats in the sociopathic populations of the U.S., and I would not consider these to be decorative either. So they must be medical. But from this unwarranted supposition, fertilizer is made. The Utsi Museum says there are over 50 tats on the Iceman. Every time I say Iceman, I think of the Tom Cruise movie, and I didn't even like it. They thought that 15 of the 50 were near acupuncture sites. I wonder if you randomly threw 50 darts at a full-sized outline of a human. How many would land near an acupuncture point? I bet, given the ubiquity of acupuncture points, more than 15. After noting that the tats on the Iceman could very well have moved in the last several thousand years from desiccation and skin movement—they presumed they moved further rather than closer to acupuncture points, as best I can determine—they measured the distance from the tats to the classic points. The distance ranged from 0 to 7 millimeters, with an average of 2 millimeters. That seems like a random distribution to me. And these tats are lines— So, there is a lot of leeway in deciding how far from an acupuncture point they are. The Lancet paper does not mention if they measure the distance to the start, the middle, or the end of the line. Like bunnies in clouds, they see a pattern. Quote, The tattoos, possibly as a guide to self-treatment marking where to puncture when pain occurs, as if you won't remember. Yeah, I need a tattoo to remember where my pain occurs. The fact that not randomly selected points, how do they know they were not randomly selected, were marked by tattoos seems especially intriguing. From an acupuncturist's viewpoint, the combination of points represents a meaningful therapeutic regimen, as if acupuncture is meaningful end quote. Of course, acupuncturists believe in acupuncture, so they may be a wee bit biased. They conclude with a statement that would be right at home in medical hypotheses. Quote, The above findings provide strong evidence that a form of medical therapeutics very similar to what we know as Chinese acupuncture was already in practice 5,200 years ago in Central Europe. End quote. As noted on the science-based medicine comments, they could also be, quote, They aren't purposeful tattoos. They are dirt, soot, and debris left in the skin from poor technique of the acupuncturist. The lines are from doing many, quote, treatments, N plus one treatments, in a row because the first ones didn't work. All it shows is that acupuncturists haven't improved their techniques in 5,000 years. That's thanks to Daedalus to you. And, quote, these lines were made by prehistoric chiropractors trying to determine if Otzi's spine was out of alignment, the forerunner of modern chiropractic diagnostic system, which employs lines drawn on the spinal x-rays to determine vertebral subluxations. Thank you, Jan Bellamy. So, this report was not making molehills into mountains, but a grain of sand into a tectonic range. Now, I am inclined to cut the authors some little tiny bit of slack, since the paper was published in 1999. The last decade of acupuncture clinical trials have demonstrated that acupuncture points do not matter. They are pointless. It matters not where you place the needles, or even if you use needles. Toothpick twirling is just as good. All that really matters is that the patient believe they are having acupuncture performed to get, at best, a clinically negligible analgesic response to acupuncture. I would have expected that current research into tats and mummies would take into account the state of the art of medical research. Not so, for it appears that tattoos as acupuncture points may be a meme for the gullible anthropologist or at least one who doesn't bother to read the literature before jumping to a conclusion. Quote, The thousand-year-old mummy found unwrapped in the sand of the desert at some unpronounceable place in southern Peru in the early 1990s. She bears two distinct types of tattoos. Emblems representing birds, apes, and reptiles, and other symbols cover her hands, arms, and lower leg, while an asymmetric pattern of overlapping circles is present on her neck. What might those tats in the neck represent? Body art? Religious symbols? An emblem to ward off vampires? She hated twilight. A landing zone for hickeys? Are they evidence of ancient astronauts like the Nazca Lines? More reasonable solutions than the one proffered by the author. Quote, Paps points out that the circles are close to Chinese acupuncture points. Here we go again. Pabst points out that the circles are close to Chinese acupuncture points. She states that tattooing a person at these points could have worked in a similar way to how acupuncture is thought to work. Well, since acupuncture doesn't work, there's no need to postulate that the tat is there for the same reason. I think they have it all wrong. Look carefully at the tattoo points. They mark the intersections of the webbing on Spider-Man's costume. These are not acupuncture points, but rather reflect the ability of both Otsi and the Peruvian mummy to see into the future imaginings of Stan Lee. I think it makes about as much sense based on the data. Sigh. It turns out, however, that ignoring science and the scientific method may be the wave of the future in anthropology. A new long-range plan for the American Anthropological Association, the AAA, that emits the word science from the organization's vision for its future and has exposed fissures in the discipline. That explains it. Wild-ass extrapolations based on minimal information is so much easier than carefully constructed conclusions based on data. The first iteration of this podcast was a science-based medicine article, and shortly after writing it, I received an email with an article from the Daily Breeze, a newspaper in the Redondo Beach area of Southern California. It turns out that acupuncture establishments are being used as a front for prostitution. I have said for years that scam practitioners are screwing their patients, but I never realized it was literally. And It is more than the patient who needs to be warned that they may feel a little prick. Yes, I know, these are sophomoric jokes, and they kind of write themselves. You know my motto, you're only young once, but you can be immature all your life. Hmm, I wonder if I'm going to gain an explicit tag from iTunes for that. Oh well. So what is the risk of visiting an acupuncturist? I mean, besides gonorrhea and syphilis. There is a language barrier for those in the West reviewing the Chinese literature. Fortunately, some Chinese practitioners with Dr. Edzard Ernst in England reviewed the Chinese language literature looking for adverse events. What complications they could find from this useless intervention? They found 479 acupuncture-related adverse events. There were nine cases of spinal epidural hematoma, 35 patients who developed subarachnoid hemorrhage, three of whom died, 201 cases of pneumothorax, which was the most frequently reported acupuncture-related adverse event. Four of the patients died. Now, the lung is only 10 to 20 millimeters, one to two centimeters, from the surface. So if you push the needle too deep, it's easier to hit the lung and pop it. There was a case of chylothorax, a couple cases of right ventricular injury, a smattering of aortic artery ruptured in a patient who dies, and another one who went deep enough to puncture the coronary artery. One patient who was treating himself for chronic bronchitis lost the needle. (laughs) Lost the needle. So, be careful with self-acupuncture. At least you can't lose the acu-life within a body cavity, or at least not without some real expenditure of energy. There were injuries of abdominal organs reported in 16 patients, including perforations of the gallbladder, of the bowel, and of the stomach. There were six cases of injuries in the neck area, including a false aneurysm of the carotid artery, thyroid hemorrhage, and one patient who died... After sticking the needle six centimeters into the neck, that is a deep stick. There were five injuries to the eyes, including a retinal puncture. Gracious goodness, great balls of fire, they popped an eyeball. Plus, of course, a variety of nerve damage from hitting a nerve. Only nine infections were reported in China, but this is the most commonly reported complication in the English literature. Both MRSA and atypical mycobacterial infections have been reported. There's a nice summary in the March 18th British Medical Journal. And there were 172 other adverse effects that were probably not related to the acupuncture, such as cardiac arrest and thirst. Dr. Ernst also did a review of the literature, which was published in the International Journal of Risk and Safety in Medicine, and found 86 deaths attributable to acupuncture. Most of these reports were out of Asia, where training in anatomy of some practitioners does not seem to be optimal. I quote from his article, A 44-year-old Chinese woman with a history of diabetes and hypertension consulted an unlicensed acupuncturist in a rural setting. When the acupuncture needle penetrated her heart, the patient instantly complained of severe and alarming symptoms. Instead of taking urgent action, the acupuncturist inserted the needle further into her chest wall. That's what you get when people say, what's the harm? Now, someone at this point usually points out the number of people modern medicine kills every year. It always gripes my cookies when someone says, get your own house in order, because that is a person who is evidently arguing from ignorance. Since the To Air is Human study was published at the turn of the century, The hospital systems in Portland and across the country have invested significant time and money into quality improvement. Do a PubMed on hand hygiene compliance in the last decade. There are over 400 references. Or deep venous thrombosis prophylaxis. There are over 5,000 references. Or ventilator-associated pneumonia prevention. 750 references. Pick a topic related to quality and safety and search the literature, and you will find a remarkable amount of research into the best ways to decrease morbidity and mortality in the hospital. Hospitals in my city take safety and quality very seriously, and by applying the results of these studies, there has been a marked decrease in the mortality and morbidity in my institutions. Compared to historical controls, we estimate that we have, in the last two years alone, prevented about 600 hospital-acquired infections and perhaps 200 deaths. And these numbers are not fudged, but real progress. I make, or made, a large chunk of my mortgage payment from hospital-acquired infections. No more. It is difficult to find any reference where the scam community is making any efforts to improve their quality. Take hand hygiene, probably the most important intervention you can do to decrease the spread of infectious diseases. In the chiropractic literature, there is one study. Acupuncture and naturopathy? None. These are the three fields that are often associated with institutions of sarcasm, higher learning in sarcasm, and they are not publishing in areas of quality. Of course, evaluating quality interventions requires a firm understanding of the scientific method, not, given their curricula, one of the strong points. For example... A study out of Germany is entitled, Naturopathic Practitioners and the Public Health System, Legal Principles as well as Experience from Naturopathic Practitioner Candidate Tests and Hygiene Inspections of Naturopathic Practitioners Practices in the Rhine, main Area, 2004-2007. to 2007. I'll quote. These practices are inspected by the Public Health Department based on the Infection Protection Act. Although several cases of fatal errors in treatment are known, the greatest risk in the Heil, Heilprak- ah, I can't pronounce it. It's German. I'm going to say naturopathic practitioner. It's Heilpraktikers practice is the omission of proper diagnostics and therapies, which is a risk by omission. The data of 345 tests from 2004 to 2007 in Rhine-Main area are presented. With 53% of participants failing, concerning hygiene control visits, a concept of hygiene was lacking in 79% of 109 practices, while 49%, a concept of cleaning and disinfection was also missing. In 60% of the practices, a dispenser for hand disinfection was lacking, end quote. Naturopaths perform acupuncture in the United States, and there is no reason to believe they are any better than their unpronounceable German colleagues. Now, Otzi, this is going somewhere, trust me. Now, Otzi died, it turned out, from an arrow in the shoulder. He, quote, bled to death after being hit in the back by an arrow, new analysis shows. A lesion of a close-to-the-shoulder artery has been found thanks to a CAT scan. The arrowhead itself had already been detected, but new scans show that it lacerated the artery, causing massive internal bleeding, end quote. So they say. But given it was in the back where the acupuncture tattoos are, I hypothesize, in light of Dr. Ernst's review, that he died from experimentation with a neolithic form of exuberant acupuncture for shoulder pain. The reason he was found with all his earthly possessions is that the acupuncturist, trying to avoid a wrongful death suit, malpractice insurance not being as good 6,000 years ago, tried to hide the body. It seems a reasonable explanation, and as reasonable as those given by the anthropologists. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. By the way, should I have an untimely death, blame it on Otzi, for like King Tut. There is a curse associated with the corpse, with seven people associated with the Iceman dying. It's been nice knowing you guys. And if I'm still alive, I'll see you for the next QuackCast. In the meantime, go on iTunes and write me a glowing review. It's what my ravenous ego demands. Otherwise, since I probably won't do another until January, I'd like to wish you all a non-denominational, generic, seasonal greeting. Bye-bye.